Welcome back to Build and Tinker, Episode 6. This week, we're going to talk about commanders that can be built multiple ways, specifically focusing on Killian, Ink Duelist from Strixhaven. But before that, how have your games been, Russ? It's been a pretty good week. Nick, guess what I did? Did you build a deck? I finished a deck you all finished? by myself. <laughs> that is amazing. It that is, is a it is. huge accomplishment. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. It's actually done fairly well. Um, it's I, I built the Reaper King, and it's played pretty good. It's fairly simple, so it's it's doing good, though. That's awesome. Well, congratulations on that. Eventually, you won't need me at all, and this podcast can die. Um, <laughs> just kidding. I nope, like talking nope. about magic. <laughs> me too. Awesome. Yeah, my games, well, you've been a lot of my games. They've been pretty good. I built another two more decks this week, uh, including the one, well, not the one we're going to talk about today. We'll talk about it next week, but the one I'm going to start playing this week for next week's podcast. So having a good time building some decks. But yeah, today we're going to talk about commanders that can be built multiple ways. So this is kind of different than our last topic, which was focusing on tokens and kind of all the ways we can use tokens to win, to take advantage of them. Uh, but it all synergizes around tokens. And the reason why that's important is a lot of the same cards that produce tokens would still be viable in any token deck. Where with a commander like this, with Killian, you can build the deck completely differently and you may not even have, outside of your lands, any commonality there at all. So um, why don't you go ahead and read what Killian is? So Killian, the Ink Duelist, is mana value white-black, so Silver Quill or Orzov, depending on when you started playing. Uh, he's a human warlock with lifelink, menace, and the text spells you can cast that tar- spells you cast that target a creature cost two less to cast. And he is a two-two. Right. So a lot there, a couple of keywords, pretty standard keywords, but some strong black white keywords there, lifelink and menace. But that third ability, the spells you cast a targeted creature cost two less to cast. This can go anyway. And I think this is probably where we're gonna go with. But you know, looking at the keywords, lifelink, it's pretty standard to see lifelink in both black and white. So this kind of just fits in any of those decks. Right. And menace is another commonality. It makes the creature hard to block, requires two. And it's it's often a theme in white and black. Right. So if we if we take those two, life gain, not terribly exciting. Life gain's been around for a while. You can build a black white life gain today with a lot of commanders. I don't even think this guy necessarily would be a strong commander in contention with what already is out there today. But he does have the lifelink keyword. He does have menace. You're probably gonna get in for some damage. Probably pump him up. That's where the third ability could come in. But outside of that, not terribly excited about building like a life gain deck around him. No, I mean, he is cheap. You can recast him multiple times and maybe get in, do something a little early, but a 2-2 isn't going to make a huge impact in life gain. Yeah, and then Menace is, again, something that's very common on black. You can, hard to block, make sure you can get in for that damage, but basically you just go straight combat, right? Now, if you're going combat, you can do pump spells, you can do uh, some combat tricks that eventually would cost less to cast and target your creatures with, Does that sound exciting to you? It could be. He could make a nice little Voltron commander. So Nick and I were discussing the rules text of spells you cast that target a creature cost two less to cast. So we are interpreting that to mean that it's a spell that targets the creature on cast. One creature, not multiple creatures. 
and wouldn't work with things like equipment because they're coming onto the battlefield before they're equipped. Right. So we're assuming this is cards coming out of your hand. Again, that's just kind of where that cast comes from. And the card itself has to target a creature specifically because at the time you pay it, when you resolve the spell, you have to target. So we're assuming even things like target permanent wouldn't count because you don't know when to reduce that cost. You don't get the mana back necessarily. You're going to pay it at that time. So with that, I think there's a couple of options here. So we talked about some combat, but I think Spell Slinger might be an interesting way to go. What are your thoughts on that? So the direction with that would be, again, would that be more like combat though because of the pump spells? Or would, we, would you be taking that in the direction of Spell Slinging as far as targeting your opponent's creatures? You know, there's, I guess there's a lot of different ways you could go with that, especially with the new mechanic like Magecraft, where those cast, those cast triggers create um, benefits. Um, some of them are plus counters. Um, others do kind of all kinds of different little, little tricks based on the, the particular mage. Right. I think this becomes a very bad spell slinger deck i don't know that there's enough to target i think as we mentioned it would have to be combat heavy and even then it would be nothing but you know kind of one trick ponies maybe trying to double up on that but honestly if you're going black and white those aren't really the best spell slinger colors anyways you probably want red blue you probably want at least blue in there if nothing else maybe even red yeah i think if either those were in here it'd be feasible so you could do it it would reduce your cost but probably not the best way i think a better way might be like enchantments because those do target when they come onto the battlefield, they get attached to a creature immediately. What are your thoughts on enchantments? I like enchantments. You know, I, I do tend to use the the board heavy enchantments, the ones that target multiple creatures. So we would be more looking at specific targets with this, but I think that would be a really interesting way to take the deck because you, some en- enchantments can be very expensive mana value wise. So definitely being able to reduce that cost would be very beneficial. And I think it's probably the right direction to take this step. Now it is interesting because it's an enchantment. You'd have to obviously play the auras, right? But there are enchantments that target lands, which wouldn't get this cost reduction. There are enchantments that target permanence. The new sets do cover this quite a bit. They do have some of those. Uh, I believe Keltheim had some enchantments that you could choose to target any permanent and if it was a creature it got one value if it was a equipment it got another value i don't know if that would work with this i don't know if that would would synergize and if you'd actually get that cost reduction that's a good point i believe were those the rune cards yes the ruin cards so they they're i think that's what they are they're not enchantment auras they're enchantment ruins so i don't know if those would this comes kind of back to the rules text we've been trying to figure this out haven't really seen anything on it but since you don't target a creature by default when you cast those you can target any permanent you may not get the cost reduction but if you do that would be fantastic that would that would make a lot of those cards you know a lot more powerful i do think you would need to supplement this because this commander does not have card drive it kind of has ramp on him right the, the the cost two less is a form of ramp but you would need an enchantress card draw effect something that triggers off of casting enchantments those are typically in green though so does that kind of work here I don't know, but we're going to find out. <laughs> <laughs> we will. It'll be interesting. I think this this may be the way we take the deck next week. Um, and we can kind of touch on some of those options on the other side. Something else that kind of came to mind here, which is very similar to enchantments, was mutate. Right. So mutate is a creature, 
But when you cast it for the mutate cost, you do target a creature at the time you cast it and it goes onto that creature or rather mutates onto it, right? Which is casting a spell that targets a creature. So your mutate costs suddenly become less and that can be some amazing value. Absolutely. Um, mutate's a lot of fun and there are a few creatures in black that, that do mutate. So I think that could be a, probably find a three to four cards that could fit into the deck. Yeah, I think so too. The only downside there is mutate is for non-humans and Killian is a human warlock. So you can't right. mutate onto your own commander, which means you would be dependent on other creatures, right? You have to bring in some other creatures. Luckily, black and white, not too hard to find other creatures to put in play. Maybe not the best non-human colors, but I think this could be a potential and maybe even kind of mixing that in with the enchantment because mutate is very similar to how enchantment works. Right. And that's definitely true. But I think we could we could play around with it and see if it would work. Right. I think there's a lot of options. And that, and that is one of the things with a deck like this is there is a lot of ways to go. I think the downside is if you pick one and start building towards that and then you change your mind, how much synergy do you get? Yeah, when you build a deck like this, you're going to have weaknesses, though, that you have to kind of work around. One, it's black-white. The commander doesn't have a lot to him. How do you kind of get around some of that? So with a deck like this, because the commander is kind of generic, is this a situation where we're building a deck we want to play in these colors that our commander slightly buffs up the deck we want to play because he is so generic? Yeah, that is something that I did see a bit when people were kind of brewing when he was first announced was, okay, he's just a commander that's going to make my removal costless. Everything else is just a black-white deck at that point which isn't the worst, right? We, we, we've had commanders who don't do anything. They just kind of get you the colors you want to. Specifically, like five-color commanders tend to do this, where you just play the five-color commander because you want all five colors. You may not actually care about anything else on the card. You just need those colors. Black-white kind of has that. And actually, this is a pretty powerful effect because it kind of gets you some of that ramp that we mentioned earlier. But there's no card draw. So you'd almost have to go with black i guess to do the card draw white is notoriously not good with card draw right um you could put in some cards that, that would you know because black likes to use your life to draw cards he does have lifelink he does have menace so there is a chance of being able to recoup some of that life that you might be spending to draw cards but as you were saying because there are so many ways to take this deck or this kind of commander, do you run into the pre-con problem where the deck is kind of pulled in multiple directions? So I guess that's going to be one of the things we're going to look at is how to focus in when the commander is so generic. Right. And I think one of the strategies for a deck like this would be to get your basics identified. So if you did change, what cards would you keep the same? So you'd want your removal Right. With a right. commander like this, you can automatically go in with some of your assassinates, your murders, anything that, that has a generic mana cost. You can immediately start discounting some of that with your commander. You can go in with some of your ramp, your your mana rocks, your basic land. Right. You can go in with your, your basic bajuka box, any, anything that kind of gets you to that baseline, which at the, these days is probably close to 25, 30 cards almost. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, because you're you're looking for what? at least 10 card draw, 10 ramp, you know, in, in that kind of, in that kind of vein. So probably 30 cards really. Right. You're looking at what? 10 card draw, 10 ramp, 10 removal, whether in board wipes with white, you can get some significant board wipes in there. So yeah, that gets you that baseline. 
And then at that point, you kind of need to pick which direction you're going to go. Because if you go the combat route, you're going to put a whole bunch of different decks and you're going to put your cards in rather. You're going to put in a lot of those combat tricks, right? If you went life gain, you would probably want your artifacts, your life gain artifacts, your a lot more white creatures, a lot of your vampires. You're going to want a lot of those cards that kind of continually get you life. On the enchantment side, that's, I mean, kind of all the above, maybe a little bit Voltron-y at sometimes. It, it kind of is all over the place, like you said. And, and at 30 cards in, you really have 30 cards to play with. And that 30 cards has to be the heart of the deck at that point. How do you handle it when you have to kind of make some of these decisions? Um, I ask you for help. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it, it generally um, because I like tribal in the few decks that I have built, I tend to go tribal. So it's a little more focused. So that tribe kind of makes up that, that 30 cards. So I, I kind of take the simple, the simple route. So that's interesting. Cause I don't think, I mean, he's a human. You could try human, no real synergies there though. And I don't even know if there's how many warlocks are in magic. That's not a tribe you see a whole lot of, but yeah, I, like you said, I think it would almost be, lifelink might actually be the easiest way for like somebody new building this deck to take it because the menace is going to get in there. The lifelink is going to get you some life. And from there, it's relatively easy to build it. And honestly, this being a uncommon commander is going to be dirt cheap to get your hands on. You won't need your typical life gain decks, like your Heliods, right? Your, your $20 cards to be your commander. You could get something like this. And I think that the deck I built his little spoiler is coming in at around $120, $130. So seems to be pretty affordable because it doesn't ask a lot of you to build a deck like this. Well, it's, I mean, that's very interesting. I'm looking forward to playing this and, and seeing how it functions. And I think next week it's going to be really interesting. So you can take us through how you chose the path that you take ultimately to build this deck. Yeah, we'll, we'll cover all of that next week. When I talk about how I built this deck, I did actually end up going a couple different ways and, and pulling back. I can talk through kind of the thought process there. Um, I will get this on the board. My plan is either tonight or next week before we record that first episode to get this on the table at least once or twice. And that way I can kind of get a feel for how it plays. Kind of to, to wrap this up a bit, how do you feel about taking apart decks and rebuilding them? Right? Because this is, because you can go so many ways, is it worth saying... I like the commander so much, I'm going to tear this apart. Or if it doesn't work the first chance, do you tend to just say, I'm kind of done with it? I'm never done with the deck. Um, so like a good example is Yarrick. I chose to build a Yarrick deck, but my goal was to build a seven with Yarrick. So my builds, the first couple builds, one of them was too strong. So I tried to pull back from that. The other one was too weak. And so it probably took three full scrappings before the deck kind of sat in that seven range where I didn't feel like it was going to overwhelm a table and people weren't going to sit down and go, Oh God, Yark and just, you know, remove everything you try to do. So you almost had the Goldilocks problem, right? You went too far one way, too far the other way. You got to kind of find that sweet spot, but that's, Absolutely. that's a deck where you're tinkering and tuning, right? You can kind of do that. I wonder, and I'll be interested over the next month or so as we get this on the table, will this be a deck that you can't really tune? It just either works or doesn't work. Or if you're tuning it, does it kind of change its identity? And I know we, we haven't talked a lot about you know deck identity yet, but I do know that at some point, decks can kind of lose their feel. And, and this tends to happen 
when play groups evolve. You know, you might say like, well, my play group's starting to get graveyard heavy. So I'm going to start taking out these three or four or five cards and put in some graveyard hate. And you got to be careful because those cards could either be the core ramp draw cards or they could be the, the heart of the deck. And suddenly the deck starts feeling a lot different. This is one of those commanders I think could be like that, where you start playing it, you start tweaking it, you start tinkering with it, and then eventually it is no longer the same deck you originally had. And that is kind of an interesting way to look because that may happen slowly. It may happen overnight. Right. So that's definitely something I'll, I'll keep track of as we begin playing this deck and kind of looking at it to see, you know, as you're saying, is it changing its its feel is it changing its theme as we move some cards in some cards out so i think that's a really good challenge for us to look at over this next month yeah definitely we'll get this on the table we'll play it this week get it ready for next week where we'll talk about some of the cards i put into the deck kind of how it played with with that style and then at that point it'll be ready to hand over to you and then you can take it through its paces start tinkering with it and this will kind of get us through about the next month or so probably through at this point what are we you know, most of May probably we'll, we'll kind of spend focusing on this deck, tinkering it. I think there's a lot here that we can do. Give us some chance to play with some new cards that we got, some cards we haven't seen in a while. I think that'll be fun. So until then, Russ, how can everybody contact you? Um, you can contact me at, on Twitter at Virus25. It's V-Y-R-U-S-S 25. And I am at NAG83, N-A-G-83 on Twitter. You can find Russ and I at MTG Build Tinker on Twitter or email us at MTG Build and Tinker at gmail.com. See you guys next week.